Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Hello and welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. And today we are diving into book two of the Dark Obsession series by Zoe Blake, Sinister Games, aka Gilded Cage, because it got new covers and it got new names recently. So, FYI, we were both a little confused, <laughs> just about yeah, trying to figure out what the hell we were reading and which book we were reading. But when we left off, was Richard had stolen Lizzie once again <laughs> and started his fucked up game of making her his perfect Victorian lady. Yeah. And then I guess this was like, how would we say? This was a throwback technically, right? Because it goes back in time. Well, it's, I guess you're not familiar with the show Torchwood. No. I didn't think so. <laughs> it's a British sci-fi, kind of a spinoff of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. But they have a amnesia pill. It's called Retcon. Ooh. And it just kind of wipes everything from however long, depending on the dose that you get. And this felt kind of like a retconned prequel. Okay. Like, I couldn't understand why this one wasn't first. It it kind of broke my brain until I realized Ward would have lost all of its effectiveness if we had this one first. Yeah, if we knew it was coming, of course. Yeah, the half the point of, not the half the point, but like a good amount of that like wow factor for Ward was you just trying to figure out what the fuck was happening. <laughs> yeah. So if... Like you said it, if this one was first, we would have known exactly what was happening. <laughs> and it was kind of cool to go back and kind of see how Richard cooked up this idea. Well, not just how he cooked up the idea, but how he carried it out. Mm -hmm. You know, what exact what did he do to make this happen? How because it seems so impossible when you're when you're reading I don't know if we're calling it Ward or Wicked Games or whatever, what the fuck ever. But when you're reading it, it your brain goes, this couldn't really happen. There's no way that this could happen. Mm -hmm. But when you read Gilded Cage and you see it happening, you're like, oh, mm -hmm. well, maybe it could happen. Yeah. My only kind of question and maybe Zoe could clear this up for us, would be Jane. Because Jane knew that she was dating, that Lizzie was dating Richard. 
mm-hmm. and that Richard was this billionaire tycoon. But then when we were reading Wicked Games, the first one, Jane seemed like excited that Richard was there. And she was like, you're late. Like, he's here. And she was like, oh, my God, like, what do you think he wants from me? Right. And like Jane, Jane wasn't like, bitch, you dated him. Like, yeah. So I don't know if maybe Jane got a little bit of the pill as well. Well, wasn't Jane the one who offered to get her out if he was hurting her? Yes. Okay. But she was also in the play. Yeah. Right. She was in the play. And when we first start Ward or Wicked Games off, Lizzie is on her way to the final show. Mm -hmm. And Jane was calling her because Richard was there. And it made it seem maybe maybe I have to go back and reread it and like see exactly what Jane says, because maybe I'm misconstruing it. But it seemed to me like, oh, my God, like this big investor guy's here and no one's seen him before. And it's a big deal when if I am to understand things correctly, like Jane knew the whole time that they were dating. So Jane would have been like, yo, your boyfriend is here or your ex-boyfriend is here. Could it possibly? I, I I don't recall exactly what Jane said. Me but neither. could it be where she knew that Lizzie was dating a Richard, but perhaps not that Richard? No, I'm pretty sure that she knew because okay. she was like, because remember Lizzie was like, oh, and he even has a cool name, Richard Payne. That's right. And Jane was like, Richard Payne? <laughs> Which is a really cool name, by the way. <laughs> One of my favorite action series, books series, was written by Chris Kuzneski. Mm-hmm. And it is Jonathan Payne. Ooh. And his buddy. And there's uh, The Plantation is the first book, uh, if anybody's interested. But it is some of the best action writing that I have found. That's cool. There are just some names, though. I'm sorry. Go back. Like, there's just some names that are just, like, romance hero names. Like, they're just cool ass fuck. And they're definitely romance heroes. Yeah. And and there's definitely some that I'm like, that's not a romance hero name. And I'm not going to go into those because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings if they're like married to a non-romance hero name, in my humble opinion. So, yeah, because Mr. Savage uh, is not his real name, by the way. So Mr. Klein isn't his real name either, but his real name isn't really a romance hero name. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Mr. Savage's real name possibly could be because it could be Mrs. Savage's real name is just like a very common name. Like it's just like a name. It's not anything too uh, outliery. So, well, Mr. Klein's name could be for a girl or a guy. Mm-hmm. And I have a hard time seeing that type of name as a as a hero. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Maybe the kind of heroes we read, though. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe for a good rom-com. Yeah. Or... Mr. Klein would fit into a rom-com so well. Oh, yeah. his We've already talked about it, but his... Uh, Golden, Golden Retriever energy. energy. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, Mr. Savage is definitely... Again, of course, we have had this conversation a thousand times, guys. Mr. Savage is a romance hero. He is my very own dark romance hero in real life. 
However, he does need some more training because he's failed many a test. He's he's like halfway there. He he's made he's made progress mm-hmm. from the first time the first test to the last one or the most recent. I've seen progress. Yes, and my favorite part is that he now plays into it and like but and he like says things to me in a growly voice. <laughs> but then he giggles and it just kills it, you know? He like giggles afterwards. <laughs> what did he say to me the other day? He was like making like an innuendo like funny joke cuz our kid said something. Oh, it was really stupid. But <laughs> he was making he was making dinner and I was like did you put the in the you know the meat out? And he was like, "Why you want to handle my meat?" <laughs> he just started giggling. The best part is like he'll make these like you want to you want some of my sausage, babe, or whatever. Like, but I'm a vegetarian, so like <laughs> I was gonna say you don't eat meat, so I don't eat meat. That is the welcome to trigger warning romance we are on to tangent number one we are not even talked about the book for a solid minute yet but it's fine <clears throat> my god my throat i'm i'm a hot mess guys we're both a hot mess tonight, we're both so. hot messes tonight so y'all i don't know what you're gonna get <laughs> sorry zoe i feel so bad for zoe but i also don't because we've done so many of zoe's books so i feel like at this point she knows what we're like so. I think she's already preparing for the fangirling in October. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Let me put my announcer voice on. If you are not already done so, please go to authorsaftermidnight.com and purchase your tickets to meet Tori and Nat and Zoe Blake and Drethy Annis and Addison Kane and Lexi C. Foss and a whole bunch of other ones. <laughs> there are so many people that the roster of authors that are going mm-hmm. to be there it's just incredible. It's a great lineup. Yeah, I'm really excited to meet everybody. And the tickets are only $5. Yes. So really, folks, if you are in the Fort Mills, South Carolina, or Charlotte, North Carolina area, come check us out. Yeah, and say hello to us. We are so excited to meet everybody. And uh, like I said, I'm not really sure how much sitting down we're going to be doing because I'm going to be bouncing all over the place trying to meet everybody. <laughs> There's a reason that... that my my very sexy, cute heels got sent back. Yeah. In exchange for a pair of flats. Yeah, I don't know what the hell I'm going to wear to this thing, but we'll figure it out at, later. But yeah, Zoe Blake's going to be there, so come meet us, everybody. We're going to have... There's drinks involved, too, apparently, so... Even better. Back to this book. This book is where Richard and Lizzie meet. Yeah, this is the first time they actually meet. This is the This is the beginning. It is... A strange kind of prequel to their story. Yeah. Do you think he or he didn't orchestrate the cab that almost ran her over, right? Because he said that I think the cab almost ruined his plan or something. Something like that. I don't think that that was part of his grand scheme. Did we ever find out where he first saw her, though? Well, she was reading the book in the park. Yeah. And he noticed her because she was reading the book and she never looked down at her phone. Mm. And the tech mogul hates technology and was like, oh, she doesn't need technology. She's the one. Mm-hmm. She could very well be what I'm looking for. Yes. And imprint happens mm-hmm. immediately. Did did this book change your mind as to if he loved her or not? Because you got a little bit more of his 
brain and inner thoughts? I don't think so. Yeah. It has not, It ha my mind has not been changed yet. Okay. We'll see what book three has to say. Sounds good. <laughs> we obviously think I do think he loves her. So this is what one time that, this is a very rare time that Tori and I disagree. And this is, this is one of those times. I was explaining that to Mr. Klein. Yeah. I'm like, it, it was really weird because we didn't, we, we, we got to the same place most of the time. But coming from different directions. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, what was the book about? And I was like, never mind. It ain't work. No, never mind. Tell him to listen to the episode. <laughs> because I I just wasn't going to have that conversation because he's like, it's rape. It's rape. Yes. Technically, he's right. It is and rape. Technically. And as he so often reminds me, technically correct is the best kind of correct. But I disagree. I think he I think we need to have Mr. Klein on an episode. He needs to come on and let us talk to him about. Yes, we also need to have Mr. Savage come on and have them talk, but I feel like that would be a bad. I I don't think that you and I could win no. in that situation with both of them against now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be a great episode. People would laugh and love it, but I just I don't think we would be the ones coming at all top. No. <laughs> Although, do we want to be on top? I don't like being on top. <gasps> really? Well, one, the boobs. I feel like I'm going to have black eyes. <laughs> yes. I just feel so unattractive if I'm on top. Oh. Because the angle that he would be, he's looking up at me uh -huh. is not my best angle. Oh, is Have you seen that Golden Girls episode with Blanche? No. <laughs> oh, my God. You have to. I don't remember where it is, but it's one of the episodes where they're, she says that that's why she's always on her back because gravity pulls her <laughs> skin back and she looks younger. Don't be silly. I look at my face all the time. How different could it be leaning over? Oh my God. Oh my God, Dorothy. Why didn't you tell me about this before? Only on your back. Blanche. That way everything slides back and you look like you just had a facelift. <laughs> That's another, um, there was a TikTok challenge where like people got quote unquote on top and like saw what they looked like, like either on through a phone or like on a mirror. Yeah, it's, it's not, not a good, a good angle. angle. But... It's, it's just not. I've said <laughs> that for years. I like it on top though. I mean, I, I like it in general, but I do like it on top. I feel I also like to be in control a little bit. So also, we know Mr. Savage has its own situation going. And I feel like I have a little bit more control on top. So I can always dismount. <laughs> well, I prefer to not be in charge. So being on top flips that switch in my brain and it just makes things. Nah. Yeah. So. How did we get here? What were we talking about? Oh, Mr. Savage and, and yeah. Okay, forget it. <laughs> I <hope> I... <laughs> oh, I know what I had to look up. Hang on. Look up the name of this medicine, this pharmaceutical medicine that like, because, because Richard buys stock in this company, the majority stock in this company uh, that produces this new medicine that fucks with your brain and your memory. 
this medicine is experimental mm-hmm. and has not been tested on humans. Yeah, it's in the very beginnings of its stages. And yet Richard is like, I want those pills, mm-hmm. which is very irresponsible of him. Not that I think he cares, but Lizzie calls this a fucked up, twisted obsession we had for one another. Pain, punishment, and manipulation, all to chase the high of an ever more intense, ever more consuming pleasure. We had each drawn blood in the frenzy of our own desires, and yet instead of it becoming a sobering talisman, it only spurred us on more. Where would it end? In madness or death? I had no doubt. I was already half mad myself. So in this book, she is taking a little bit of responsibility, but she doesn't know all of the machinations that that are happening behind the scenes. Yeah. So, sorry, the medicine that this uh, hypothetical medicine is is called blebistatin. And bless you. And it's actually a small molecule inhibitor discovered in a screen for inhibitors of non-muscle um, myosin 2A. And I don't know what that means, so let's go that way. But when I read it, the first thing I read was blebistatin. And a statin, in general, is a cholesterol medicine. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just me and my medical brain, I was like, that doesn't seem like something you you would neurologically use. Neurologically. That's for your blood um, and your heart and your art- arteries. But I, I don't Well, they know. use beta blockers for things like that. Yeah. True. So anyway, I was like, I was just really interested that blebistatin was an actual medicine. Like it's an... It's, it's an actual molecule used. Now, I wonder when this came out. I wonder if Zoe made it up or if she just Googled, like, random medicine. <laughs> it's like, that sounds kind of cool. See. Well, this one is 2020, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty... Uh, again... Uh, is it that recent? What? The, it feels the... like I read this series a lot longer ago. But yeah. then again, 2020 and we have the pandemic and everything felt longer during the pandemic. Yeah, the so. pandemic fucked everybody up. <laughs> I I mean, just looking at Goodreads, like the amount of books I read and I was like, wait, that came out when? Uh, so yeah, no, 2020 fucked everybody up. Have, I think this is probably one of Zoe's darkest book series. Mm-hmm. I have, would agree with that. Have you read? Oh, go ahead. But there is her, I think it's Pretty Little Doll. Broken Doll. That's what Broken I was going to ask you. I haven't read that one yet. I haven't either. It's on my, it's on my TBR. I'm scared because so. she says that's her darkest. I know. That's, that is both incredibly intriguing and terrifying all at the same time. What is the darkest book you've ever read in your humble opinion? Hunting Adeline is at least in my top three. Mm-hmm. This series would be in my top three. Mm-hmm. But I don't know which one I would put over the other because they're they're dark and twisted in such different ways. Yeah. But I can see why people have a hard time with both of them. Yeah. I, I happened to read a couple of reviews on this one. Mm-hmm. 
And the amount of people that were like, I couldn't finish it. I was just, I, w- I was really surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. But also you and I have such high standards almost for a dark romance. Like our tolerance level is much higher than most people. You know, I was thinking about that the other day that, what was it that I was reading? I don't remember what book it was, but I was like, you know, everybody told me this was dark and it's really not. Yeah. And I'm like, three years ago, I would have said this was dark. (laughs) And I'm like, I, my level of what is dark is so different Mm -hmm. that there's not a whole lot that I consider to be dark anymore. Yeah. They're all shades of gray. Yep. The darkest book I've ever read. And I agree with you. Um, Hunting Adeline and this series are definitely up there. But the the darkest book I have ever read is called This Love Hurts by Nikita. I almost DNF'd it. It was that dark. Oh, my. Like, I was almost like, I can't do this. It took me a long time to actually finish that book. That book has literally all the trigger warnings. There's like child sexual abuse like on page. Oh, there's incest on page. Um there is a scene again, everybody uh spoiler alert if you want to read this book, don't listen to this part. But eh, I don't know if it really whatever, spoiler alert. The main the hero, the main character thinks that the heroine murdered his brother. So he's caught her and did a whole bunch of shit to her, like a whole bunch. Oh, but all but like in order to really punish her, he buries her in a coffin with his dead, rotting brother. Oh, yeah. For like a while. And obviously he takes her out eventually. And then the book continues. But um, yeah, I'm telling you, I almost was like i can't this this is just too much that book is fucked everybody like i didn't find that book you know you like you get tingles like when you read like and you're like ooh, like it's making me feel a certain way like mm-hmm. that i read that almost like as a straight horror like it has spice in it but to me the spice didn't register as spice it just registered as like fuck yeah so that book definitely is top one like that is the darkest book I've ever finished, which I because I almost didn't. I almost was like was like okay, I have to finish it just to like, I have to finish it. I have such a hard time not finishing a book that I've started. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what book it is or how bad that book is. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time just. I don't. Putting it down and walking away. I'm getting better because three years ago, I would have stuck, I stuck everything out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've kind of learned now that if, if by 25, 30% of the way in, I'm not into it, I'm not feeling it. I might try it again later when I'm in a different mood. Yeah. But. Yeah. I feel like life's too short to read things you don't like. So like you, I think I get to like 30-ish percent. And if I'm. You know, honestly, sometimes I get to like 60%, 80% and I'm like, fuck it. I don't want to finish this. It's not worth it for whatever reason. And I just don't, I don't have any guilt over it. Now, here's another controversial question I'm going to ask you. Do you count DNFs towards your reading goal? No. Me neither. 
I only count books that I have finished. Do you count rereads in your reading goal? Yes. I do too. Yeah. That's a that's a whole ass book I read. Of course. Yeah. Especially because a lot of them, like if I'm rereading, like uh, I haven't read them for a long time. You and I have like amnesia of books. Like I forget what happens. So it's like almost yeah. like a new book to me. And I'm like, woo. <laughs> like I actually I'll talk about later because I have um a book for palate cleansers that I want to talk about. That's a reread. So okay. Anyway, back to this the Zoe Blake dark romance. This fucked up dark romance. Yeah, we get to see how Richard carried out his plan and kind of like molded Lizzie into his perfect victim for this ward thing uh, to happen. Because there's a time where he thinks, oh, because she left him at some point and was like, I can't do this anymore. And, and he thinks if this was only the Victorian era, like she wouldn't be able to leave me. Like she wouldn't have that right. Wouldn't it be? And it's just too bad that it's not Victorian era. And that gets his like wheels turning. And he's like, hmm, how can I make this the Victorian era? Yeah. Because he's like, then I would just marry her and she would have no rights. And I would just do whatever the fuck I wanted to with her. Did you like the spice? I mean, there's all again, there's a lot of spice in this. What was Lots your spice? What was your favorite spice scene? I don't know. And I didn't take notes on it. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you about mine while you're looking. Okay. My well, again, all of them were sp- super great. But one of my favorites was when they were at that restaurant, uh, the second restaurant he oh. took her to with the lights. Uh-huh. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he had he took her to this like fancy ass restaurant guys like super fancy okay like a michelin star restaurant and he had this fancy like canopy of lights made where they sat inside and it was private but you could still hear the other patrons outside but they couldn't see in but here's the thing guys all those patrons were his employees he paid people to be there so that when it was time to get down he just clink, clink, clinked on a glass and they all got up and left. <laughs> Richard is the prime example of a man with too much money. <laughs> yes. I mean, just all the way around from redoing the house to the million, millions of pounds that he paid people. Uh, just more money than sense. Well, yeah, even again, I, yes, especially because when he was building that cage, well, not he, he had a contract to build that cage and his one of his employees, whatever his name is, Hutchley, I think, um, called and was like, hey, the contractor can't find 24 karat gold for this cage because like, it's a massive cage. Like, is it OK if he just downgrades to 12 um, carat? And Richard was like, absolutely not. And oh, the horror. Yeah. Who do you think I am? Like, <laughs> she will have a 24 karat gold cage and also double his salary, but make sure he finishes it like two weeks early. Like, why? <laughs> That's a waste of money, man. That's a waste of money. <laughs> Considering that cage gets fucked up at the end and it's just like a lost money down the drain is. Cage not even used because we'll get to that point. 
but I thought the cage was the cage itself was kind of cool. Yeah, it was beautiful because again, he kidnaps her into his house, right? The modern house this time. Yeah, but he makes her like his little bird pet, and he gives her like these fancy like erotic leotards yes. <laughs> with the feathered butt plugs. I can't just the man had too much money and he's just bored. I told you from the very beginning, this man is just bored. Yeah, he needs more hobbies. Yeah, because this was his punishment for her. Um, She says, I don't I because I also didn't take notes. Uh, this is a chaotic episode. Sorry, everybody. Um, He he's she says that she she understood he made her his pet because she betrayed him by leaving him and where then wasn't worth being his girlfriend anymore so because she wakes up and she's got this like collar of course like diamond encrusted collar on with mm-hmm. the the leash oh that was also a fun sex scene where he had sex with her through the cage through the cage that was interesting yeah to punish her he did he used lube did you know there was lube in this book? <laughs> I, I I would say there wasn't enough lube, but but there was lube. <laughs> but also, this book explains why anal was so easy for her in the last book. It does, yes. Because she's been, we didn't know this in the first book, but she has, obviously it had like all those butt plugs with the, the fancy feathers. And also like they've had all a good amount of butt stuff in the past because he's like tell me to fuck you in the ass and and she she doesn't she does eventually but yeah i don't know where that one was that was when he was having sex with her in the cage through the okay cage. Not i thought the that cage. was too separate i thought it was a different i thought this one was earlier i'm pretty sure that was when it was yeah because he spanks her a bunch too. This series just has all I I put it in the show notes for Monday's episode on Wicked Games. I was like, I, I'm listing all of the the triggers and the pluses, and I'm like, face fucking, digging, all sorts of kinky shit, <laughs> complete and utter mind fuck, and not just for Lizzie. <laughs> because I just couldn't list everything. Yeah. No. And it's it's kind of like that in this one, too. Mm-hmm. No, there's too much. There's too much in this. There's, yeah, very much so. Because, yeah, there's a butt plugs in this. There's cage sex, which kind of reminded me of um, mm-hmm. Cruel Idols when they had cage sex. Different kind of cage, but not as fancy. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't 24 karat. <laughs> no. Um, But... Let's talk about the cage. And do you do we want to talk about the bird bath first, or do we want to talk about? about... Go ahead. <laughs> well, Lizzie wakes up, and she is in this ripped, tor- like fucked up costume. Because of course he rips all of her uh, leotards, sexy leotards, because he says like something like it's a it's a shame because it looked so good on her but i didn't pay all this money not to rip it off her body or something like that which i was like go for it richard i love it and mr savage has 
proven me wrong. You can rip clothes quite easily when you need to. <laughs> I have learned my lesson. <laughs> so I'm not going to be like, how hard is it to rip a leotard? Apparently not that hard. Uh, well, it depends on if you're ripping or if you're poking holes and then. Yeah, I think that's what he pretty much did, you know. Yeah. Poke a hole and then rip it apart. Plus, a lot of it had like mesh holes all already in it. Yeah. And she said something like the each leotard just kept getting more scandalous, like with <laughs> more cutouts. And eventually it was just like some straps. It wasn't much of anything. But she wakes up and like this, uh, these men come in like and they're wrestling with this weird, like oblong kind of shape that looked really awkward. But she mentioned that. None of them are looking in her direction. Like they just bring this thing, they put it down, and then they get fuck the, they, they get the fuck out of there. And then all these maids come in with um like these kettles, and they fill up what she now knows is a fucking bird bath, a crystal b- yep. bird bath for a human size. And then Richard comes in and he takes her and like that's where we get the bathtub scene because of course you need the yep. bathtub scene. And she thinks that he had forgive he had at this point forgiven her for her betrayal for leaving him foolish and, woman yeah no he puts her back in that fucking cage <laughs> and he doesn't give her any clothes and then he makes her he does give her a dress eventually cuz there's a big party like this like weird like orgy party would you say i don't really know what to call it cuz i don't know if it was meant to be an orgy or if it just became an orgy I'm not sure what the intention was. Yeah. But regardless of intention, it became a giant orgy. Yes. Because he hoisted this. He he made her get on the velvet swing. I'm kind of I'm kind of, missed opportunity, Zoe. You know, I never I'm not one to like give you notes, but missed opportunity, Zoe. They should have fucked on that swing. Yep. Right. Okay. I kind of waited for that. I was expecting it. Yeah. From the time when they mentioned it. Yeah, because they've mentioned the swing multiple times. And I was like, okay, this is like Chekhov's swing. What's happening here? And nothing <laughs> happened with the swing. So notes to the chef. Please, more swing. Anyway. Um, so he gets her and makes her sit on this swing and he hoists the cage up just high enough that like you can see her, but you can't touch the cage or her. Like, they can, like, maybe rattle the cage. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, also, we have to note that there is a glass bottom so you can see right up her dress. Of course. Of course. Uh, I was a little bit surprised by Zoe Blake in this because most of her heroes are just, like, so jealous, possessive that no one will see his, their lady in a state of undress of any sort. But here, Mm -hmm. Richard was, like, just pretty much putting her up for gandering. But Richard was like, see what I have and what you can't touch. Yeah. And most most of her heroes don't have that. But I don't think Richard was any less possessive. Oh, no. Than, say, Ivan. Oh, no, no, no. But... But he just wanted to taunt everybody with it. And he wanted to embarrass Lizzie. Yeah, there was a lot of degradation in this book. The, the degradation in this one was 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 higher, which sounds strange. Because when you look at the humiliation in Wicked Games, yeah. 
the fact that this one was a little bit more degrading was I think it's because, says something. Yeah, but I think it's because she was like more of a pet in this one. This book, you know, their relationship started off normal enough. He wooed her like I mean, it wasn't normal because his his wooing was a next level wooing, but like it was normal and they were like dating. Yeah. But then she betrayed him and so she became like the pet bird. So a pet technically is less worthy than a human, right? Like than a girlfriend, technically speaking. So I guess it makes sense to like Yeah. In that aspect. I don't know. But then this party happens and a whole the people get drunk and start yelling at her and like then they start shaking the cage and they actually get it loose Mm -hmm. and they break the cage open and like she's about to get non-conned and almost like trampled by this like crowd of people uh, until of course Richard gets to her which of course he does and and he does and that's kind of what leads to the end of the book where he's he lets her go because he realizes somehow that it was obviously it was his fault that she got hurt and she hates him at that point she's like remember she's in the in the shower and they're like she's yelling at him she's saying i hate you i wish i never met you mm-hmm. all these horrible things and he lets her go but then she comes back to him and shit starts all over again. Yep. At that point, I have to say, my my book brain is going, uh-huh, oh yeah. My feminist brain is going, well, you know, it usually ta- it, it takes on average someone leaving seven times before they actually leave an abusive mm-hmm. relationship. And I was like, wait a minute, what the hell? Why? There's no place here. <laughs> There's no such thing as abusive relationships and what we read. Well, there are, as long as it's not the hero. <laughs> if it's like her ex-boyfriend or something, <laughs> and yes. But that's another, the, like, the other beauty of this, you know, pill that he's discovered and is going to, he got four of these pills. So now she's set up. We're, we have four scenarios ahead of us where they get the meat cute all over again. Yeah. Richard loves him a meat cute. He does. Because he even said, like, how wonderful would it be to be able to woo her over and over and over again? Again, it's more of a game. The whole thing's a game, obviously. Oh, absolutely. Because even when they first go on that very, very first date, he asks her if she wants to play a game. And every time they go on a date and every time something happens, he asks her what if she wants to play a game. Eventually, he stops asking her and they're just playing a game. The game just never stops. Yeah. It's like Vegas, baby. But how cool would that be, though? If you got to meet your, like, person and, like, the newness of the relationship, because... As lovely as it is to be in a long-term relationship, you know, I'm a long-term relationship girly, just like you. There is something magical about the very beginning of a relationship. There really is. It is, you know, there's that that spark, um, the, what did they call it in your step? There's a words. 
I has them. I can't find them. Um, but it's, I can see the appeal yeah. to that and being able to, it's kind of like, you know, in a strange way, reading your favorite book <laughs> for the first time. Yeah. Which I'm fortunate enough that I get to read all of my books new for the first time because once I've read it, I've forgotten it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes this podcast a little tricky because we have to read the book like in a certain amount of time and then we have to record it immediately. Otherwise, good luck to us. We said, we say, okay, we are going to record on Tuesday. That means on Sunday I start the book. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. And God forbid we can't record the day we're supposed to. Then by the time we are recording it, I'm like, uh, what the fuck am I talking about? Because at that point, I've already moved out into the next book. And I just want to talk about that book at all times. Um, yeah. But there's a study, and I again, I don't know what the study is, but there's a study that they did on relationships and, like, couples, like, that have been together a long time, right? And what they have discovered is that people who are truly, I guess, in love, right? There, There's, I think... 50% of couples who have been together, I don't remember what the study was, like 50 or more years, when they l scanned their brain and they showed them a picture of their significant other, their brain lit up the same the same way that um, the brain of a newly in love couple lit, lit up. Like that never went away. How cool is awesome. that? Now I want to scan Mr. Savage's brain. See see how he feels about me. I I don't think I'm brave enough to, to even wander close <laughs> to Mr. Klein's brain because there's some shit I just don't need to know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just found that so fascinating. So this pill, would again, would I take this pill? There's a good question for you. Would you take this pill? And if if Mr. Savage was like, hey, I have this pill. Not Mr. Savage. Sorry, Mr. Klein. You don't want to miss Mr. Savage that way. Uh, now, if Mr. Savage was like, I'd be like, wait a minute. <laughs> There's a line about to be crossed. <laughs> um, If Mr. Klein was like, hey, babe, I have this pill. And I'll remember you, but you won't remember me. Would, would you want to do that again? Maybe. I would be tempted. Yeah. Um, it would, feminists out there, plug your ears. <laughs> it would depend on how badly he wanted me to try it. Because I, I'm kind of on the fence of where, yeah, it would be cool, but human trials first. Oh, no, no. For, forget the human trial. Like, it's totally safe. It's totally, totally safe. safe. Yeah. If he wanted me to, I would. I would probably do that. I don't know if I would. I I would be tempted like you. However, I don't want to lose all the memories I already have. Like all the great memories we have together. I struggle with my memory of a lot of things in my relationship with Mr. Klein. Um, COVID screwed my brain. Mm. Um, and the doctors told 
you know, long COVID, it happens, it'll get better, blah, blah, blah. It's not gotten better. So I wouldn't mind making those memories again. Mm-hmm. What would the, ke- the the catching point for me is losing the memories of everybody else. You know, yeah. my family, my niece, my sister. How is that going to affect, you know, if, if I'm forgetting all about everything, yeah. where does that line go? Where is the line drawn? Yeah, because it makes you forget, I think, like two months of something, like two months of your life in general. So, and again, with me, with kids, I, of course not, because how weird would that be, right? Like, just wake up and you have kids. Yeah. (laughs) Or like, you wake up and you, you know, your kids are like two months older, which. There's so many things that you can miss. Yeah. With raising kids. But I guess in, in like, if in a vacuum. If I were to only, if and this would have to have been like before we had kids. And like you said, I only forget him. Like I remember everything else. If they could go in almost like, um, shit, what was that? Oh, uh, that movie. You're not thinking about Memento, are you? No. Okay. Because that's what comes, that's the first movie that comes to my mind um, when I'm thinking about amnesia and memory loss who was that actor here here is the here's how our brain works and that, that's brain works who who was what's the name of that actor that was in the mask with cameron diaz he's a canadian actor he's a comedian was that jim carrey yes thank you okay jim carrey let me now blockbuster up. for the win thank you oh eternal sunshine of the of the uh, something mind hang on have you not seen that movie i don't think so I am not a big Jim Carrey fan. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Now, that's a mindfuck of a movie. It's a movie about this company that has figured out a way to delete people out of your memories. So let's just say you have a really bad breakup and you just want to forget that guy. They come to your house and you go to sleep. Like, you know, not they put you like you go to sleep like. Not not they put you to sleep like amnesia style, but like you go to sleep mm-hmm. with these electrodes and stuff on your brain. And then over the course of the night, they go in and like delete, delete that person out of your brain forever. That's kind of fucked up, but awfully intriguing. Yes. So that's what that movie's about. It's really art. It's like an artsy movie. It's not it's not a comedy like, OK, it's Jim Carrey, but it's not a comedy. Um, it's really weird and fucked up, like a, almost like a, like an indie kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about him and his, this woman that we find out was his girlfriend at one point, And he, de- she deleted him out of her brain and he, and then he deleted her out of his brain and vengeance. And then they meet again and like something is there, you know? Oh, um, so if if you were to be like, but again, like they did it because they broke up and it, and, you know, it was just like too painful to remember that person. But if there was an eternal spotlight of the spotless mind kind of thing, and this was before I had kids and I could meet my husband all over again, I probably would do that. I would probably do that. Yeah, I would. I would be curious about how the second meet cute would go Mm -hmm. because 
the way that we got together was so far-fetched. Yeah. Um, that I, I don't know what I would do if, if he just, you know, saw me reading in the park and was like, hey, you want to go to dinner sometime? I would probably, I don't, I don't know if I would say, if I would agree to go out with him. What? Oh, man. It's not because I don't love him, but he has that boundless energy and the boy takes obnoxious to a whole new level when he Mm. gets going. And I, that might have turned, at this point in my life, I don't know that I would have agreed to, to take that risk feel like Mrs. Savage would have, especially after this podcast, a really unfair advantage. (laughs) (laughs) Also, think about it. Think about the first time sex-wise. Again, they have a really unfair advantage. They know exactly what you like. You don't because you don't remember them. We had window sex. For our first time. Well, that's fun. After a very good belting. I had marks for a couple, for at least two weeks. It was great. <laughs> I like to see their bruises. I like to know that someone's been there. I don't care either way. Like, I, I think we've had this conversation. I, I bruise easily anyway. Mm-hmm. I think you do too. Yeah. So it's not like uncommon for me to have bruises. <laughs> Well, we were at the convention. So when we when we had the window sex, we were up high mm. and that was fun. But afterwards, when I had gotten back to my room and I was sharing a room with, with several people and they noticed that I was very tender as I sat down and this was my sister and she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, do you really want to know? <laughs> and that is usually her clue to say, Nothing. no. And she's like, well, yeah, I'm curious. And I just like, come here. And I walked into the bathroom and I pulled my my pants down. And she's like, <laughs> I'm like, well, now you know. Uh, you should see, see my thighs today. Like, <laughs> I love literal fingerprints all up in my thighs. I wore shorts before and I looked at Mrs. Savage and I was like, he was like, I haven't even touched you in a, in a have, I haven't even touched you in a while. And I was like, oh yeah? I'm like, what's this then? Where'd this come from? It's like because it, it took his hand and I'm like, these line up perfectly. I I don't wear shorts very much anymore. Two reasons for that. One, I hate to shave my legs. Yeah. I just shaving is just such a pain in the ass. Mm. But I would go like to the doctor. And they're like, are you safe at home? (laughs) Yeah. Do you, let me give you this number. And I'm like, what's that? What's that? And then I go, oh, it's because, no, 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 it's, everything's okay. Yeah. I have this thing. I'm going to give you a little bit of an early palate cleanser, guys. And I don't know if I've talked about this thing before, but I too hate shaving. But I have this thing called the epilator. Um, this is the silk epil from Braun. And it's it's almost like a little, it looks like a torture device. Okay. This is probably, looks like something Tori would use. It, it does. Uh, for fun times. Um, I'm showing it to Tori. It has all these little tweezers on it. You see that? Uh-huh. 
you turn it on and the tweezers like go like open close and they tweeze the hairs out of your legs. How uncomfortable is that? So the first time you do it, it's kind of painful, but I've been using this thing like pretty much since I've since like what, like, I don't know, 13, when, whenever you start shaving or doing whatever to get rid of hair, I started I was using the epilator instead. And it's almost like waxing, but mm -hmm. it's actually less painful, I find, because waxing sticks to your skin and it like rips up some of your skin. This only pulls out the hair. And while, of course, it's not not fun by any means, but I've been using it for such a long time that my hair is like so weak at this point, <laughs> like it's given up. So um, it doesn't hurt as much because... It's just weak at this. Again, I've been doing it for a long time. I'm like many, many years. But uh, in college, I introduced the epilator to a bunch of my college friends and they all use it now, too. It lasts a much longer time and the hair comes back much thinner. Like I have barely any hair on my my legs now because I've been using it. And again, like you just keep pulling the same out hair out by the root. Eventually, the root will stop growing because you just pull it out constantly. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Again, it's it's definitely, look, the first time you use it, it's painful. The first couple of times you use it, it's pretty painful. But, you know, Tori's into pain, so you might she might like it. <laughs> I don't know that that's the kind of pain I'm into, but yeah, I might be willing to try it. Yeah. Oh, God. If I wear a dress in October, for the, I will have to shave. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Unless that's you wear a, tights. Or tights. tights. It's October. It might be cold anyway. This whole episode is nothing but random. <laughs> yes. We're so sorry, Zoe. We really enjoyed this book, okay? I promise. And it's really spicy. And if you guys are into a mind fuck, I mean, you it's more of what the first book is. You just see it happening because you know, he explains to you kind of his whole process of um, luring her into this lifestyle of his. And she's becomes she becomes his and we will look forward to next week when we find out what happens yeah because we forgot because we read it a long time ago oh yeah <laughs> um but i bet after i read it i will be able to tell you if i think he loves her or not <laughs> i don't know if i'll be able to tell you anything else but i will i will make sure to note for that one I'm going to see if I can read the next one so I can take notes because I've been listening to Audible and sometimes that doesn't work, especially because we were late recording this episode. That's why we kind of forgot everything that happened. Here's the, the scoop. Do you have any palate cleansers for us, Tori? I do. They're not book related. Okay. I got in my new glasses well they're i don't have them the lenses yet but i got the frames mm. and these are the ones that you can clip on the new the different frames they just they're like magnetic and so they oh. sit on the front so i have like four different i bought four different top frames mm -hmm. and then i have the the bottom frames so i have like five different glasses that i could wear that's so cute and mix and match i was i was very excited you want to tell us who they're by so people can oh find them? yeah um that would probably be a good idea wouldn't it it is pear pear glasses she'll link it i'll link it but yeah. it's p-a-i-r cute 
Yeah, they are cute because you you sent me some pictures to like, like was that what you were sending me? Yeah, because yeah. I, I wasn't sure which which frame I wanted. Yeah. Um, for the shape, but they have all kinds. That's awesome. Led to a very interesting discussion between me, and Mr. Klein, about my Hogwarts house. Oh, you're because, a Hufflepuff, aren't you? No. Oh. Not according to Mr. Mr. Klein. Oh, what are you? He is not sure if I'm quite evil enough to be Slytherin. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not, I'm awfully close. Okay. He said, um, it's a toss-up between Slytherin and Ravenclaw. Is he a Hufflepuff? Probably. I think he gives... You know, there's a quiz you can take, like a, an official quiz. And it'll tell you what you are. Yeah. I did not know that. Um, but he was like, yeah, you're not a Gryffindor. And that was right off the bat. I'm like, well, wait, I should be good. Yeah. It led into a whole conversation between our alignments from D&D. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm awful good. And I'm like, well, what kind of guy I am? And he's like, neutral, <laughs> chaotic. I, he's like, I don't know. You're all over the map. I am a Gryffindor. My Patronus is a unicorn. And my wand is an applewood with a unicorn 10-inch pliable flexible core. If anybody else wants to find out what they are, you can do so online. This just Google. I think it's pottermore.com. But actually, forget that because uh, we don't want to give J.K. Rowling any more money. So don't buy any more Harry Potter crap. I, I don't. I... I, I was really tempted because the the Ravenclaws were really, really cute. Mm -hmm. But I I just refused to, to to contribute money to to her. Yeah, it just hurts it hurts my heart because Harry Potter was such like a big part of my youth when I was a little was a little kid and I really enjoyed it. So it kind of makes me sad that I can't outwardly support her anymore i understand that and I, you really shouldn't like you know and i totally get it i i don't i haven't i haven't been to any new harry potter movies like not i haven't bought any harry potter merch and stuff um so it's like me with chick-fil-a yeah it hurts you it hurts i i grew up with chick-fil-a it was in the the food court of the mall when i was growing up yeah and we've already discuss the fact that we're both mall rats yep and so it hurts me to but i just i just can't yeah i i'm a big believer in being a good person being a good person yeah me too anyway my palette cleanser is i told you a reread i gave you a little bit of a, a hint before but i have been rereading organized chaos by drethy annis such a good one that duet i uh, uh and i i i'm just reading uh D uh discord is the second book now mm -hmm. and i forgot how fucking good those books are oh i i beta read for drethy mm -hmm. and we got to originally she was thinking about doing it as one book yeah and we got to this point and then i'm like then what? Mm -hmm. Then what? And she's like, "Well, I've not finished it." And I'm like, 
to him, but you can't do that to us. Yeah. I mean, I if anybody is interested, uh, please actually go support Drethianis and me. If you're a fan of me and my TikToks, I am now running Drethianis' TikTok page. So you're going to see my face on there. And that's kind of one of the reasons I've been rereading some of her books is to get some ideas for videos and stuff. But I'm not going to lie to you at this point. I'm just reading for the hell of it. Like, I'm just reading them. <laughs> so, well, Brandon is an interesting hero. Yes. And I am looking forward to us doing the doing that for the podcast. We should do those for the podcast. Um, Especially but I am a Milo fan. I yeah Milo stole my heart and then I met Axel and mm -hmm, I mean mm -hmm. Dreffy just she can't write a bad male lead I mean no. they're all just amazing if I were to choose I, I'm not I'm not saying Milo is bad but I think I would choose Brandon over Milo really yes you like the manipulation I love the manipulation. I love that he is a bad boy. I love the tattoos. I also love that I, I love me an age gap. And there there's a huge age gap between mm -hmm. this because uh, spoiler alert, guys, she's underage when they first do it. Yep. And yeah, I just love the whole I just love his whole vibe. I love his whole vibe. And I really like the heroine in this book, too, because she's. She's an unusual heroine. She is. Like, and she's really smart. It's interesting to see her as a child mm -hmm. in the books with Milo. Yeah. And then as the adult with Brandon. I, yeah. I thought I liked that. But if I were going to pick one of Drethi's characters, I would go for Axel. Axel. Because I like just pure psychotic. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, again, they're all incredible. So, anyway, so that's my palette cleanser, and definitely gonna be doing organized chaos and Discord at some point for the podcast. I do have another palette cleanser. Oh, the Witsec Witsec book that I was talking about last week mm -hmm. came out on Thursday, and someone didn't sleep Thursday night because they were reading it. Mm -hmm. And it was a very satisfying conclusion. And that is um, Free Me by Ashley Rostek. Nice. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I think we have blabbered enough this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please read Toxic? No. Sinister? What Toxic? Was the was the original name? It's Savage Games. Savage Games. Please read Savage Games by Zoe Blake for next week, and we hope you have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please don't forget to rate and review us on whichever podcast platform you listen on. We really appreciate those five star reviews, and they help us get in front of other listeners. And if you just can't get enough of us, you can always join our Patreon, where we have extra special bonus episodes available every month. Just look up Trigger Warning Romance on Patreon. And please give us a follow on our social medias. We are at Trigger Warning Romance on TikTok and Instagram. And if you want to come join us and have some fun in the Facebook group, 
please join the Trigger Warning Romance Dark Romance Listener Support Group. And as you know, we are always looking forward to hearing from you. So if you have any recommendations for us or just want to come say hello, please reach out to us on any of our social medias or through our website at triggerwarningromance.com.